0: If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. You know that old Jerry Seinfeld bit about pants? How like pants beats no pants? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about that literally 10, 15 seconds ago, and I just realized how powerful pants can be. Think about it this way. If you go outside, and you have pants think about the difference of how uh, you go outside and you don't have pants.
1: Well, I think you're in an event. If you don't have pants on, I think you're at an advantage actually.
0: For running from the cops.
1: Sure. Okay. More aerodynamics.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. It also depends on what you're doing with the pants. If the pants are worn properly, that's one thing. If you're holding them or if you're wearing them on your head, that's a different thing.
1: Yeah, that could be a problem.
0: You know, wearing yeah. pants can be the difference between having a decent life and going to jail. I'm, I'm very profound yeah. today. Yeah, that's you know?
1: interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the,
0: these are the, these are the topics we worry about here on this podcast. So. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of the podcast, welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osa Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly Jack Furlong with you as we talk to you talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of May, the year is 2021. Pants may or may not be optional right now. Mm. Uh, as always, you can check us out at osafoundation.org. The email address is podcast at osapfoundation.org. And on social media, you've got facebook.com slash osafoundation and Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation Hashtag how you play the game across the way from me on the screen. The producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? Are you wearing pants? I am.
1: And did you hear that the cicadas are going to be coming back?
0: So does that mean that they will be wearing pants themselves?
1: I guess. I mean, we'd have to make them really tiny pairs of pants. And there's like you know billions of them. So listen, listen. This we're sitting on a gold mine. Quebec. I
0: I have <laughs> complete faith in our ability to mass produce cicada pants. Tiny tiny cicada pants. Yeah, it's like those old memes of like if a horse were to wear pants, would he wear them like this or like this? You know. <laughs> Is the oh man, we we well this show's already terrible. So yeah yeah. Um. speaking of pants apparently because i don't have a segue Mm -hmm. so so you you brought up a subject to me Mm -hmm. that we want to talk about today so i'm going to throw it over to you since you're it's your baby um why don't you get us started today
1: sure so uh jack and i were talking about um on and off about uh like pants on and off right Uh uh-huh Like pants on and off. We're talking about the involvement of transgendered people in sports and their uh, capacity to compete in sports. And, uh, you know, the participation of gender um, or trans and transsexual people in in competitive sports has always been a touchy subject uh, with various points of view on either side. And I guess the goal for today is to sort of explore uh, some examples uh, that, that um, sort of maybe shed some light on, on the individuals that uh, are involved in these activities and their stories. And, um, you know, not necessarily taking a side on the issue officially, but just sort of exploring... Um, different avenues that we can think of this. You know, we can talk about the science behind it. We can talk about a little bit of data. Um, we can talk about what various states are doing uh, to limit uh, or to limit the uh, transgendered um, involvement in, in sports, uh, but, to al- but also provide them with opportunities as well. So uh it's it's a it's a broad-ranging topic we're not going to be get we're not going to be able to get to everything today but um you know I just wanted to kind of briefly touch upon it and perhaps provide an overview uh for those of you who are new to the subject um and go from there
0: you know, I think I think the you know, the one thing that you and I can probably agree on, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't agree with me on this one, then that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I think I think we both can agree that there obviously is a place for transgender athletes in sports. You know, I don't think sure. that I Absolutely. don't think that they should be denied the opportunity to participate in, in sports at all. You know, right. I so th- the
1: so Go ahead. the whole so, yes, so the whole argument is centered around um, Records. Right. And this is where data comes in, right? So records, uh, breaking records, for example, um, male to female uh, transitioning, um, you know, still having that, uh, the tenets of male biology in them from, you know, uh, gender at birth. Right. Right. And participating in women's events and how that could be perceived as, unfair uh, and, and uh, not only to, really not only to the other athletes, but to possibly themselves in a way, um, which, you know, that's one way to look at it. Of course, that's not the definitive way to look at it. There are many points of views, um, you know, talking about both sides of the issue, uh, but it really is centered around records being broken and particularly in track and field, uh, where we see predominantly the most examples uh, of this, of this, um, this situation occurring. So, like I said, our goal for today is to not, we're not picking sides. We're, we're just, we're examining the issue from a sportsman, from a, from a sportsmanship uh, aspect um, and seeing where we go. From there.
0: And I think the other interesting thing that, that kind of correlates to this, um, you know, obviously the record books are kind of the impetus for this because they have the long lasting uh, effects. And then also uh, kind of is where I would say I would say the the attention gravitates towards or towards which the attention gravitates um, because of those long lasting effects. But the the nature of competition is at the root of that mm-hmm. because of, as you said, the fairness, um, right. you know, I think, I think in, its, in its early uh, days of looking at this issue before the records became uh, the prominent uh, talking point, we were looking at situations probably even before transgender issues came into play of gender issues in general, is it fair for uh, a, a male to partake on a female softball team, is it mm-hmm. fair for um, a female to partake on a male baseball team, mm-hmm. or, or even if you wanted to take it in another step further, because those are technically two different sports, uh, is it fair for a male to play women's basketball and vice versa? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there there are a lot of different, uh, very very gray areas because just of the nature of what is fair in competition. Um, You know, like, like I think, I think you could like, it's kind of a one-sided thing to a certain degree based upon what we know about biology to a certain aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. This isn't, this isn't like an industry where, um, you know, gender does, you know, has, zero bearing on your ability to do a job you know there are plenty of um professions and areas today where you know we, we we have said many times before that your gender does not define whether or not you can do a job it's whether you can do the job that defines whether or not you can do the job right um you know like there's all the you know the female sports casters and whatnot and we're like if, the, if it, it doesn't matter if it's a male or a female or anything else if they are if they're a good sports they should be able to ca- sport, you know, be a sportscaster, Cast, they cast be able to the cast. sports, okay? <laughs> um, you know, we like we go back to the Jessica Mendoza thing. You know how she was always like, we were like, oh, she can't do this. She's a woman, blah blah blah. And we're like, no. Being a woman has nothing to do with whether or not she should be allowed to do this. The fact that we think that she's a terrible sportscaster is what right. you know is is what defines that. Yeah. Um in, and and perhaps we could say like maybe she shouldn't be getting the opportunity because it's unfair. In the flip side, that just because she's a female, she gets a, an advantage over other males, mm-hmm. even though she's terrible at the job, in our mm-hmm. opinion. Right. So so we it, you know this issue of transgender athletes and and the record books kind of stems from the idea of you know. Uh, people of different genders crossing those boundaries into those sports where we have to ask about competition. I've always thought, like, if a female can play baseball and play it well, there's no reason that a female should not be allowed to play baseball, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, if, if If a female has the, you know, if she's, let's just say she's a pitcher, if she throws you know, uh, 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 an 85-mile-an-hour tailing fastball and has a wicked, you know, cutter and slider and curveball and this, that, the other, and she's racking up records and strikeouts on the male stage, there is zero reason why mm-hmm. she shouldn't be given the opportunity if she is successful at that, Right. okay? I think, I think we can agree on that. Sure. Um, the, the, the flip side to that, though, is does the biology and this is kind of where we get into what you what mm-hmm. you said, of the opposite, hold the same. Mm-hmm. If a male wants to get on a female softball team, right. does he have an advantage because the male biology tends to be mm-hmm. uh, significantly different when it comes to athletic ability and whatnot than the female, right. you know, biology. Yep. And, and that's have- good. Yeah.
1: And it can have broad ranging consequences too. I mean, if you look at one of the first examples of this to ever happen, I mean, we could look back to Renee Richards mm-hmm. who was uh, you know, and I, I got this off of uh, Wikipedia, but. Everyone's it, trusted it, news it, site. Right. There. <laughs> but Renee Richards was a very prominent uh, you know, upstarting tennis player in, in the, in the men's circuit. And um, went under, when um, uh, under gender reassignment therapy in the mid seventies and then started playing in women's tournaments. Um, And then that obviously that sparked back then for that, for that time period, that sparked a huge media frenzy. Um, And the uh, from the, you know, the women's tennis association and the United States tennis association um, withdrew their support. For, for her and 25 out of the 30, 32 women withdrew from, from, those, from those standings uh, from the tournament. And um, then the USTA and the WTA introduced the bar body test which identifies a person's sex chromosomes and Richards refused to take the test and was banned from the US Open. Um, she later filed a lawsuit uh, that are saying their civil rights were violated and challenged the policy. And the New York Supreme Court ruled in her favor, actually. So uh, the, it's, a, it's a delicate balance to strike because you don't want to say you can't do something, right? You don't want to tell someone that they can't do something because of who they are. On the other hand, when you look at the science behind it, like we were, we were just saying, um, you know, when you, when you correlate testosterone and athletic ability, um, there is something to be said about it. Um, so one of the things I found was that um, the injury risk for, for typical players with uh, female characteristics when tackled by a typical player with male characteristics was between 20 to 30%. Uh, and <clears throat> reaching levels potentially twice as large, right? In extreme cases where the players are, you know, unusually large or small, depending on their birth, their gender at birth. So, uh, in terms of, you know, testosterone suppression when you're going from male to female, uh, that doesn't take effect right away, and and I think that's that's a kind of a big that's kind of something that needs to be examined. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's another, there's another paragraph here. So they, they tend, So if you look at the both, both ends of it, male and female males tend to be more, uh, muscular, they tend to be taller and they tend to weigh more. Right. So mm-hmm. if they're transitioning to, uh, to female, they still have a lot of those male. Uh, they still have a lot of that male biology, and it takes months, if not a year, in some cases, for uh, you know this this hormone therapy to finish its cycle. Right, right. Before they can you know well, and this is happening while they're competing. So, the the effects of of their gender at birth are showing in in some of these competitions
0: so um, so you're ultimately suggesting if, if i'm hearing this correctly that perhaps one of the big keys to consider here is that we're you know there the 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 issue comes down to we're not you know i'm, I'm saying we like it's us you know mm-hmm. the 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 it's it's not about the, 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 the transgender athletes partaking as much as it is about when they partake because if they right. are if, if they yeah. are transitioning from one gender to the other, mm-hmm. um, fairness is very gray and murky when you're in the middle of that therapy. So right. it's so it's not about so if, if a male wants to transition to a female and then partake on the female circuit, no one's saying you can't do that. But in, it, uh, along this line of thought, it's you can do that, but you got to finish the therapy first mm-hmm. for the purposes of fairness.
1: Right. And that's not something I'm saying. It's something that the data suggests. I, right? I, that's, so, that, yes. So, Forgive me so, for, for
0: that. Yes. No, so that's OK. So yeah.
1: the British Journal of Sports <clears throat> Medicine proposed that the 12 month treatments for trans women mm-hmm. that were proposed by world athletes, athletics and the International Olympics Committee were not sufficient. Due to the to trans women being twelve percent faster than biological women after two years of treatment. Interesting. So, so that's that's after two years yeah. of treatment, right? So there's a ten to twelve percent difference between male and female athletic performance that we that we can sort of parse from this and categorize uh, with that criteria. You know, that's it's relevant to the performance of their to their performance involved in the sport so this it's when you have because it's like i said it's a very double-edged sword and when you look at the science behind it and the data behind it um which with with enough research you can back up and say yeah there is some merit to saying that you know there is a there is a there is an unfair advantage built into this, uh, but then you have to sort of kind of group, you have to sort of separate that from the fact that, oh, well, wait a minute, we're telling people wh- what they can and can't do based on their, on their gender. And it's really, it, it is such <clears throat> a difficult, and I, say, I will continue to say this, it's a difficult balance to strike right you know when you when you talk about these things because at what point, and I'll use this term, do you set a line of demarcation as nice you, as, as you normally uh, as you normally say
0: you, I think I'm going to be just tracking that now. <laughs> I have a whiteboard that you can't see right here as I do this <laughs> with my finger yeah. <laughs>
1: Is that coming up in your autobiography? Uh, it's one of them. I have so many autobiographies
0: <laughs> to write. and It's like the Lando Calrissian diaries just, and I'm sure like 95% of it will be fabricated. Right. And then I'll sell my stories to Jay Peterman and then I can't tell those stories at bars anymore.
1: Right. So the the ultimate, the ultimate thing here is like, you know, it, it it's, as we originally said, we don't want to prevent, at least the ideal situation is... In in in, in uh, inequality of opportunity and equality of outcome with regard to respective uh, respective participants in their sport. Right. right? So we, we, we want we obviously would want transgendered people being able to play the sport that they love to you know to to partake. You know we, we don't want to exclude them. From participating in a sport, the question is timing, logistics, fairness, uh, and community. Really, yeah, well, community support.
0: Well, you said yourself that the data said what was it between ten and twenty percent? Um, you know, uh, there's there's an advantage.
1: 10 to twelve percent. Ten to
0: twelve percent. Sorry, uh, uh, female, of an male athletic of, of an of an advantage. So put yourself in the position of the biological female who's uh running an event in track and field Mm -hmm. and her opponent is a trans female and she knows and and the biological female thinks to herself there's a 10 to 12 percent advantage that this person next to me has that I don't have how is that fair to me you know I keep thinking of that South Park episode where um PC principal's uh, vice principal strong woman mm-hmm. uh, is, is the athlete. And I can't remember the character's name, but he, he almost looks like Macho Man Randy Savage or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. And, and he, he basically just says that he identifies as a female. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he's now allowed to partake in all of these female events. Mm-hmm. And he just blows these females out of the water. When, you know, obviously this is a, this is a satirical look at, at the issue but there's still some truth to it in that, wait a second, how are we taking this stuff at face value like that and just letting it be okay? That doesn't mean that, these, the, that, that transgender people aren't allowed to compete, but for the purposes of fairness, which you know is related to sportsmanship, what are we teaching these other people? I mean, because you have to think, and I'd like to believe that this is very few and far between, But you have to think that it's very possible that there could be someone very nefarious doing this Mm -hmm. in order to gain that advantage. It's kind of like the um, I'll draw my my birth certificate in crayon to say that I can play on this team. (laughs) That's, you know, I'm a I'm a 32 year old ringer, but my birth certificates in crayon and I can play on the 12 year old little league team, Mm -hmm. you know, like like that kind of a thing. And it's just it's civil discourse would lead you to believe that there has to be a balance somewhere
1: right
0: you know here um you know it's kind of like if you go if you're playing a game of softball two if two female teams you know are playing a game of softball and one team knows that they have you know a transgender female on it who has that advantage now you've got everyone on the other team thinking when this when this girl comes up we're you know we're at a disadvantage so that's not just one person feeling it and that's now a whole team feeling it right you know um would you let me ask you this because i just thought of this a lot of sports especially youth sports these days um delineate based upon age okay which which is obviously separate from gender but the age difference was meant To um, clarify fairness based upon biological development within the gender. Right. So, for example, you know, you might have a little league tournament where all the teams are comprised of kids who are 12 years old, you know, or who are not going to be uh, or going to be no older than 12, you know, 12 and under. Mm. you know at a certain time you know it's kind of one of those things where if a kid is younger than 12 and he's good enough to be playing on the 12 year old team that's fine but the opposite doesn't work if the kid is 14 and he's terrible you can't put him down on the 12 year old team because of when he was biologically born so Mm. does it does it relate to that in some way you know um because because the other because the, the the extrapolation of that is there are divisions that are like 13 to 15 year olds Mm -hmm. You know, if the, if a team is comprised of mostly 13 year olds and another team has a 15 year old on it, that's really, really good. There's no one, there's no rule that's being broken there, but, but, but does that provide a disadvantage? So there's a lot, there's a lot of that stuff to be considered.
1: Well, you also have to look at, you know, yeah, I mean, age is very important. And in, in, and even in my town where I grew up, you know, there were, if you look at the Did you hear that? No. Okay. What was that? My phone. My phone on the computer went off.
0: And- oh, I thought I, I. I thought you just stopped, like you. Someone had just shot you in the head or no. something.
1: No. No. Oh, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, <laughs> you, you would.
1: I think you'd be able to see that.
0: Well, if it was in the back, maybe you just lodged in there. You know.
1: Oh, Okay. Um, I. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Just. Just edit all this out. Um. You're not doing no. any of that, are you? No, no. I'm not going to do. it. No, anything. you're so lazy.
1: Uh, I. Well, I know. So. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 what I was going to say was if you look at like peewee level leagues, Mm -hmm. right. Where the, you know, kids are like what, six, seven years old. Sure. Uh, 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 I mean, a lot of time, I remember when I was growing up, there were boys and girls playing on the same team. Right. Because we were, because before puberty, it's pretty much equal. Yeah. Equal. Yeah.
0: So my my five-year-old T-ball team, it was like that, you know?
1: Right. So there is something to be said for age. Uh, I don't know how exactly we would parse that. Uh, you know, do you like do transgendered male to female, uh, male to female athletes, do they compete on a team that's older? Like, you know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I, think
0: like- I think it's more about the idea of comparing it to that and saying, if we don't allow kids who are older to play down, but we do allow kids who are younger to play up, could that be assimilated biologically to, it's fine if a female wants to play with a male, but mm-hmm. the opposite could prove problematic. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's not to say that we, you should be telling someone that they can't do something. It's a scientific examination of, well, if the precedent is set like this, and we have data to support this, what do we do with it? We're not trying to stick our heels in the ground and say, no, we refuse to change. We're trying to, we're trying to involve everything and say, okay, what's going on here? How do we, how do we find that happy medium that Mm -hmm. everyone finds agreeable because I, and, and that's, that's very important here is to say, if you're fighting for the rights of transgender people, we certainly respect you and support you in, in, in your role, but you have to be willing to compromise as much as the other side. That's Mm -hmm. true. Sportsmanship is to say, I'll give a little, if you give a little and so on and so forth. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the solutions that we had, I think that you had mentioned this is, you know, having transgendered athletes be on their own team, you know, rather than, you know, being playing with the, with the gender, with, with which they identify, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's so, uh, the problem with that is numbers though. Yeah. We just don't have the
0: numbers. Yeah.
1: Have the numbers for it. So it becomes, you know, there really is no, I mean, we're 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 saying this at a time when t- over twenty states have introduced legislation to ban transgendered athletes from participating in sports with which they, with with the sports for the gender with which they identify. Right. Um, and it's, I don't think that's the way to go about it. I mean, I think we you have to look at this case by case. I think you have to. I mean with hippo laws and everything you can't exactly say yeah what exactly is going on with you, you know, right yeah. to, like is you that the title of
0: the episode what exactly is going on with you? no no <laughs>
1: absolutely not <laughs> uh but you, you you there's only so much you can pry you yeah know, there's only so much you can ask before it becomes a question of privacy right um so y- I guess it's there there has to be a way to measure you know it there has to be a way to accumulate data uh, when it comes to like track and field is the one that comes to mind because there's so many there's so many examples of trans athletes, male to female, who compete on female teams who right. are just smashing records, yeah, left and right, and it's.
0: And it's also an individual type of sport there too. It's yeah. a te- you know they're teams, but obviously you're individuals competing. Yep. So that adds another layer to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when when you're dealing with team sports, it's kind of a horse of a different color, right? You know,
1: so the it's it's a very gray area. It's yeah. something that you know is not going to be solved today, tomorrow, next week, or probably in the. I, it's going to take continued evolving statistics data science uh coupled with coupled with individuals rights right you know at what point does the science because you can't completely block out the science right Right. you can't say that it's not there is some aspect of unfairness that's going on here You, you you can't say you can't not include some you can't be
0: and ignorant culture. and turn the blind eye to that. That's right. not fair.
1: But by the other hand, you can't also deny someone the right to participate right. in something just because of how they identify.
0: Right. You know? It seems like maybe for something like track and field, and I'm kind of just spitballing here a little bit, um, you know, you and I had talked about this a little bit where instead of having their own teams, it's more about their own categories for records and whatnot you know Mm -hmm. I remember going into like if I go into like my middle school my old middle school has a giant uh, wall of records near their gymnasium where they keep all of the records for the school district for middle school and high school track and field both Mm -hmm. male and female it would make sense to me to say if someone is trans they should have their own category. So there's men's, yeah. there's women's, there's trans, mm-hmm. etc. Now I don't know if you if you um, slice that into trans male, trans female, maybe you do, maybe you don't. That's an, I think that's a story for a different time, mm-hmm. um, you know, or or perhaps very specifically deep within the conversation, maybe it falls right. with that with, you know, outside the scope of just a general conversation. But the idea there is to say, you know, we want to provide fairness for all and yet also provide recognition. And that would be an example in my opinion of the, the, the trans world compromising and saying, listen, we're not you know we, we have to accept the fact that perhaps maybe this is a good idea because mm-hmm. we want people to participate. We absolutely do. But for the purposes of keeping records, perhaps that data, that, that fact is relevant. You know, um, I just, I just, I would, I, I guess I would have a problem with if a, if a, if a, if a, if a, if a trans athlete going from male to female sets a record in female track and field, mm-hmm. and then they complain when the record books show them in the trans female category, as opposed to just the female category. Right. See, at that point, you have to say to them, listen. I, I understand you identify as a female. No, one's, no one is combating that. But you did start as a male. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's not refutable.
1: Right.
0: We can't argue that. You started as a biological male and you transitioned to a female. Mm-hmm. No one's saying you couldn't do that. No one's saying you couldn't compete. But we right. are recognizing this in its own separate category. And and leave it to the court of public opinion mm-hmm. to argue whether or not that record compares to the other female records, much in the same way that Barry Bonds' home run record mm-hmm. is always compared to Hank Aaron's, mm-hmm. you know, because of you know, or or Bonds and McGuire and Sosa versus Maris, mm-hmm. you know, when we consider performance-enhancing drugs. So we, we know what the records state officially, but at the local watering hole where we all gather to argue this stuff, we know in our hearts that Maris and Aaron did it clean and the other guys didn't, mm-hmm. you know, now that's not to say that transgender athletes aren't doing this clean. The point I'm making is that we can separate that, legally so to speak or on the surface you know for take it at surface value at face value but then we can always argue about it in our own circles right and that those are those are conversations worth having so you can you can delineate that and i feel really you know check every box if mm-hmm. you if you will you know what i mean
1: yeah and i think <clears throat> some solutions could center around what other teams are doing. So mm-hmm. like, for example, if you have one uh, one high school, let's call them um,
0: High School A. No, no, let's <laughs> no. come
1: up with something more. If we call them Expo.
0: Okay. As you draw, you I'm grab your, a, your dry, dry erase, erase marker eraser.
1: Expo High School versus Korg High School. Okay. As I hold up my metronome tuner. Uh, what are
0: their mascots, by the way? Whiteboards and and out of tune instruments. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. The Expo whiteboards and the Korg out of tuners.
1: Uh,
0: uh, right. <laughs> and they only so, play away games so that they're the out of towners.
1: Right. Got it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I'll leave now. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so the whiteboards decide to. You know they have their they have their let's say baseball team. Okay. With one, uh, transgendered. uh,
0: Female to male.
1: Female to or, let's say let's do softball as an example. Okay.
0: Yeah. Male to female. Male to
1: female. Yep. Play softball on a team with other females, biological females, and then the out of tune metric out of tune tuners the out of tuners have their high school that you know, have the same situation in, in what case, and then in that case, wouldn't that be fair? I guess it would, I guess it would depend on the position, right?
0: Well, yeah. But I mean, if we were to, if we could even back it up a little bit more, we could say that's kind of like mixed doubles in tennis. Mm -hmm. You know, what you're doing is you're saying a, a team of a male and a female is playing another team of a male and a female. And we call that fair you know so then
1: so then my my without and without you know breaking privacy laws maybe some high schools can be surveyed and say hey do you have any trans athletes on your teams maybe we can pair them up according to who has what yeah. you know in terms of so i i mean it, it's it's not perfect i don't think any solution is going to be but That's sort of one way to look at it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Because with individual, like what you were saying before with records and individuals, yeah, that's easy because you could say they can have their own category. But if it's, let's say, a pass the baton relay. Right. (laughs) And it's a team based, then you've got kind of a problem. Because you've got one person performing 10 to 12 seconds better than their other teammates. Right. Uh, so you have to then look at, you know, then the whiteboards have to look at the out of tuners and say, okay, let's plan a meet around this, this concept. And you have one trans athlete, we have one trans athlete, and then we can compete fairly.
0: You know what what else it's like, it's like weight classes in wrestling. You don't send a kid who is a hundred pounds soaking wet To wrestle a kid who is 250 pounds. Right. Even if they're the same age, Mm -hmm. you just don't do it. It's not fair. Okay.
1: So let's go back to then our original point. Mm -hmm. Should we start breaking down sports by weight and by, by BMI, let's say.
0: Well, if we, if we break it down by weight in those, in, in those fighting sports, we've set a precedent already. Now, mm-hmm. some sports don't, aren't, aren't going to require that, but we do it in those other sports for fairness. So it's mm-hmm. not even about weight so much as it is the, the precedent set to say, we divide sports into certain categories um, that, that try and make it fair, whether that's gender, whether that's age, whether that's weight class. Mm-hmm. OK? Thus, the conclusion is that we can set more rules to categorize based upon transgenders. What mm-hmm. we can't do is ban them. We can't take oh, away, no. we yeah. can't take uh-huh. away their right to yeah. compete. Right. We have to make every accommodation, that is reasonable to let them compete, mm-hmm. um, but but to ban tra- transgender athletes is incorrect.
1: Oh, it's morally yeah reprehensible. And, and, <laughs> you don't yeah. you don't do that.
0: So so I, I I guess my my point that I would kind of put at the top is to say we're only going to make progress on this issue. Mm-hmm. If we realize that transgender athletes or, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that if transgender athletes and their camps understand that a precedent has been set to right. categorize them differently, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're not going to get the opportunity to partake. That means that th- that compromise is right. We give a little, you give a little, and that's where we're going to find the boundary or that's yeah, where we're going to find the, the, the compromise the happy medium.
1: Yeah. That's and that's that's all results result of civil discourse. Right. You know, like yeah that's that's something that I feel in today's day and age is something that is dying pretty quickly is civil discourse. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and it's we need to we need to have these discussions and and it's all about compromise. Uh, and I and, I think uh, that
0: this discussion kind of proves that is that to say, mm-hmm. you know, you and I, who, and I, I'd like to believe that you and I are fairly reasonable people for people who, you know, agree on something. Who are and, not
1: reasonable. No, not at all. <laughs>
0: not at all. We are, we are just out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I think that it's fair to say that we have shown through civil discourse that a conversation can be had. And oh, re- yeah. reasonable compromise, reasonable thought can be had because we're, uh, we are not here to say, no, you can't do this. We're saying we got to have the talk. Right. You know, that's, yeah, and that's important. Definitely. That's important. That's um, where sportsmanship comes in in so, this stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah. And, and that's, I think that's how we're going to come up with the solution for 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 this issue yeah transgendered which and many other
0: issues too it's the same kind of a thing yeah yeah so yeah i say this was pretty good this was short quick to the point and i and i really liked it so um me too yeah so so we got we got we got to do more like this it's fun sure you know um Hey, I think that that wraps this one up. And uh, as always, let's remind everybody, uh, osafoundation.org. Email is podcast at osafoundation.org. Social media is facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. Sean, as always, thank you very much. You did a great job today. Thank thank you. Of course. And uh, we will talk to everybody in just a few short weeks. And until then, please treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.